0: Daniel Dilemma, and I can't wait to be, I, I, we're going to be in Daniel chapter 5, so turn your, turn your Bibles, Daniel chapter 5, verse 1, but before we do that, um, give it up for our worship team one more time, that was awesome, thank you guys for leading us so well. They lead us so well, man, I, I, love, I love coming into, into worship with you guys, and, uh, but yeah, this morning um, I want to do something real quick, I want to welcome our online family, uh, go, Active Church, come on, let's welcome our online guests, come on, glad you're here. Thanks for tuning in, thanks for bearing with. We had some technical difficulties this morning, but portable church, man, you're kind of like, every time you're like, (gasps) rolling the dice, you're like, is it gonna work? Are we gonna have the cable, the thing? So, uh, And I just wanna thank all of our serve team members and active kids, serve team members here, our production team. Can we get up for our entire serve team that serves faithfully so we can have church here? Come on. You guys good this morning, you guys good? You guys glad to be at church? I'm glad to be with you guys. Um, if you're new to our church, my name's Adam, and uh, I would love to connect with you. I'm the pastor here, I'm the lead pastor, and um, God is moving in our church. And if you're just checking us out, I'm just glad that you're here. And um, we are really a church of people that just believe that Jesus is who he says he was. And, and um, we've, we've fallen in love with God and we wanna tell everyone about Jesus. That's why we exist. Uh, we believe the word of God is, is true. And uh, we believe that life is better when you're, not all your problems don't go away, but life is better when you're connected to the risen Savior, amen? Yeah. All right, but hey, hey, um. If you're watching online, go ahead and share this message real quick. I believe someone on the other side of your share might need this, so share this message. I believe it's gonna speak to some of you. Uh, I believe it could encourage many of you. Uh, if you're in, in the house this morning, if you're on Instagram, give us a, a shout out on your IG story. We will, we'll, we'll bump you. We'll give you a, a, a little, we'll tag you back on Instagram, at My Church. If you're uh, on Facebook, go ahead and check in. It's just so cool that we can leverage technology Like, how, you know, we all know technology can be bad, but it can also be really good that we can leverage free technology for the glory of God. Isn't that cool? Social media can do that. So uh, make sure you jump on there. Speaking of social media, has anyone seen these uh, red flag memes lately? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, yeah, okay. Um, We're just going to jump right in. Okay, Um, so if you're like, me, I didn't know what it was until recently. I'm like, what is this? And you can't keep up with all the things, right? It's like one minute it's like it's this, the next minute it's that. Um, the red flag memes are basically like ways to to signify like what you don't like. For example, like like red flag, like she orders her steak well done with a one sauce. You're like, nope. Um, I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, <laughs> uh, check out the screens. Red flag. Here's one. I don't like tacos. I don't like tacos. Like, oh, red flag for me. I'm like, I don't understand the words. I, I, what are you saying? You don't like what? Love tacos. It's a way of, of showing disdain for the things that you don't like. And how many, you know, we like to complain about things that, like, we don't like, right? Um, another one is when they tell you you're the one on a first date. <laughs> By the way, I don't know any of these people, so don't follow them. If they have bad stuff, I didn't do it. It's, yeah, it's on you. It's on the interwebs. Um, <laughs> the next one is... <laughs> They have sheets as curtains. <laughs> I, this is legit, Miss Stacy. Not too long ago. Uh, yeah. And all the, for all the animal lovers, here's the next one. Oh, I don't really like dogs. Oh, okay, got it, got it. <laughs> We're not friends anymore. Another red flag. Uh, when they say they won't be at church tomorrow, it's not feeling church. Don't need organized religion, bro. Just me and Jesus. Ladies, red flag for that guy. Okay. Here's for the for the moms in the house. Oh, you're a stay-at-home mom. So, what do you do all day? That's hard. Being a stay-at-home dad or mom, it's just hard. If you got kids, you can I get an amen? Next is uh, this is for a lot of us. I'm about eight years too old to know what this means. Red flags. Next is, if you're you're having marriage problems, he breathes. (laughs) And last but not least, red flags. Ignoring the red flags on my timeline just like I do in real life. (laughs) The title of my message today is very simple. Red flags. That's what we're talking about today. Red flags. That's the title of my message. There it is. It's very simple. Red flags are warning signs there are little things in our life that, that God will give you and I to go, hey. Like God has his own red flags. And when he sees us doing certain things, he's like, I gotta throw a flag on the field. I gotta raise a red flag because there's certain things, there's certain ways that you and I live that, that God's like, I don't necessarily like that. And if God is a person, he's not just this all powerful spirit. Like God has a, he has preferences and he has desires on how he likes to be worshiped. Did you know that? And some people are like, oh, it's just me and God. And then they form their own relationship with God and they forget. Like, no, no, no. There's, there's a, the first John 5, 3 says that, man, to, that to love God is to obey his commands. And so God, we, we have red flags all the time and we do this. And if we ignore the red flags, I'm just convinced, things will go on in our life. Just like if you ignore your car, check engine light long enough, it's going to cost you a couple grand later on. And I'm afraid that so oftentimes we have warning signs in our life and we ignore them, right? We have, jokes aside, we all have some warning signs in our life, some red flags. And I'll give you an example. Um, you wake up and you dread going to work every day. Anyone ever been there? If you're self-employed, then you're just like, look at yourself in the mirror. You're like, we got some work to do. <laughs> if you work with your spouse, it's a whole nother sermon series, Yeah. Um, or here's another warning sign in your life, red flag, you're not sleeping very well. You, you, you've stopped sleeping well. You're, you're, you can't go to bed. You can't stay, stay asleep. Um, you're waking up at weird hours of the night. Um, if it's not Taco Bell, it's something else, right? You're like, what's happening? Why am I waking up at all the hours of the night? Um, you're constantly arguing with your spouse or your family members or your friends. You're, you're just finding yourself, you ever like just, you're just mad. Am I just the only one that used to wake up? Is it when you have kids, you used to wake up mad sometimes? Okay, like, yeah, yeah. quiet. <laughs> <laughs> my kids wake up for school like they have just like they know exactly when they can wake up and still get to there on time, like within two minutes. On on Saturday mornings, they're up at like at 5:45. <laughs> like, what are you doing? They're like, we're just playing. We're building a fort. I'm like, this is my own struggle. It's being real, since we all know each other. Um, what about you always are envious of other people? I, dude, honestly, there's times where I just delete Instagram because just real talk, I, I like have so much FOMO. I fear of missing out. I'm like, why, am, why wasn't I invited to that? Why, why are they not hanging out? Why, why didn't I get the memo? You ever feel like that? You're like, dude, and some of you guys are like, you're judging me right now. I get it. You're like so insecure. I, sometimes you just got to remove that stuff from your life because it creates envy. And It's like, well, they went on vacation. Where? And then your wife's looking at you like, like, what did we do for our anniversary? Went to a restaurant, and you're like, I know. That's all we could afford. You keep getting sick or lack energy all the time, or you start feeling like nothing matters. These are just warning signs, and I want to talk today because God has something to say about red flags. Today we're gonna to look at a section of scripture in the book of Daniel where a king a king named Belshazzar actually has a warning sign from God. It's crazy. A a sign from God, a hand actually comes out of a wall and writes on the wall. And we're going to look at the writing on the wall. This is a big, big warning, a big red flag from God to say, hey, what you're doing is not good. And if you don't turn turn the other way and walk a different path, you're going to end up broke down on the side of the road, your life is going to go through some pain. And I just wonder this morning, do you got any red flags in your life right now? Is there anything God is saying, hey, I need you to pay attention to this because if you don't, you're going to feel some pain. I want to pray right now and ask God to just continue to be with us and that he would use this time to speak to us out of his word. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. We thank you for your word. We believe it's true. And Lord, I know there's times where it's hard to apply or hard to to obey, but God, would you give us strength? Would you give us wisdom? Would you give us uh, revelation this morning as we open your word? We thank you for it. We thank you for all that you're doing in our church. We pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. amen. Daniel chapter five, verse one. We're gonna see in a moment that, God is really, really patient with us, but eventually he will send people into our lives to give us a red flag or to give us a warning. And what we're gonna see this morning is, um, honestly, I believe a prophetic It's not just prophetic. Daniel was a prophetic book. He's one of the major prophets. Uh, It's a very historical book, but it's also, uh, it speaks to this idea that God is up to something in the world and that he's still doing things. There's things that have yet to happen. And what we're going to see today is this book is not only prophetic for this king. Daniel's not only interpreting uh, what this writing on the wall is. I believe that you and I have some things that we need to pay attention to in our life, and I think God's going to speak to us. Here's what it says. Mine says, the writing on the wall, chapter 5, verse 1. King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles, and he drank wine with them. Verse 2. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar his father had taken from the temple in Jerusalem. So pause right there. He's taking holy things and he's like, let's party with this. Like, let's, let's take this thing that was set apart for God and let's use it for our own pleasure. So this is kind of, you see where this is going. So here's what happens. He says, yeah, let's, so he was drinking wine. He gave orders to bring all this stuff in. And so so that the king and his nobles and his wives and his concubines might drink from them. Verse three, so, that they, so, so they brought in the gold goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem. And the king and his nobles, his wives and concubines drank from them as they drank the wine. Watch this. You're, you're like, are we having too much wine? What's, what's going on here? As they drank the wine. And by the way, when the when it says they're drinking and partying, this is always, it means two things. It means they were literally get, getting their drink on, but it also means an attitude of the heart as if Eh, whatever. I'm just gonna live it up. Like, I'll do what I'm gonna do what I want to do. Like YOLO kind of like attitude. Like whatever. Like I'm just gonna party. Everything's like just here today, gone tomorrow. Laissez faire. Let's have fun. So it's an attitude or a posture, really, that we see in Babylon. And Babylon always, when we see in the Old Testament, Babylon always is a reference to the culture of this world. It's a spirit of the world. It's actually, it's Babylon represents us basically in this world, in the culture that we live in. As Christians, we're called to live differently. And we're gonna see that. And so it goes on to say, it says, as they drank the wine, they praised gods of gold, silver, and bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Suddenly, I'm gonna say suddenly, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. Pause. So, real quick, this hand comes out. It's like Adam's family, I don't know if you've seen that. Like, it comes out, it's like, and it comes out, and it begins to write on the wall. This is only one time God did this, so you're like reading the Bible, you're like, does this happen all the time? No, one time it happens, and here's what happens. The fingers come out of a human hand, and they wrote the plaster on the wall, so they see this big wall, they're all parting, and they see this writing, and here's what happens. The king watched as the hand, as it wrote, And here's what happens. His face turned pale as he was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. The king summoned the men of uh, the enchanters, astrologers, and diviners, and then he said to the wise men of Babylon. Whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck. He's gonna it gives him bling. And he will be made the third highest in the ruler of the kingdom. In other words, if anyone can tell me what this means, you're going to be the third in the kingdom. I just got to know, what does that writing on the wall mean? goes on to say in verse 13, so Daniel was brought before the king. Here's why, basically, all, so you know, all the enchanters and all the diviners, they couldn't understand, here's why. Because they did not have the spirit of the living God working in their life. And the things of God that are hidden will always be hidden to those that are not willing to give their lives to Jesus. G- I'm telling you, God will hide things from you until you turn your over, like when you read the Bible before, I don't know about you, I would read the Bible, it was just words. And after I really surrendered my life to Jesus, all of a sudden it became like a well for my soul. I'd go to the, I'd go to the word and I'm like, I can't, I can't not get something from this. But you have to surrender your life and allow the spirit of God to begin to speak to you. And Daniel had the spirit of God on his life. And so here's what happens. He calls him in and he goes, hey, are you Daniel, one of the exiles that my father of the kingdom brought from Judah? I've heard that you have the spirit of the gods in you and that you have insight, intelligence, and outstanding wisdom. The wise men and the enchanters were brought before me to read this writing and tell me what it means, but they couldn't explain it. Now I've heard that you are able to give interpretations and to solve difficult problems. If you can read this writing and tell me what it means, you'll be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around your neck, and you will be made the third highest in the kingdom." So before he gave this interpretation to, first of all, Daniel's like, I don't want your money. See, Daniel's in a dilemma right now. He's like, I I gotta speak truth and I gotta speak something boldly because I know what this dream means or I know what this writing means, but yet I'm tempted because I imagine oftentimes it's difficult to speak truth when the culture says, I don't wanna hear that truth. And see, the last three weeks, we've been looking at this idea. The first week we looked at Daniel was brought into this cultural like Babylon, which was completely different than what he was used to. It was completely devoid of God and the culture tried to change the name of Daniel and his friends, remember? They gave him new names, because the first job of culture will always be to change your identity. And we learned that, man, in order for us to, to to live like this, we can't be people that go to God and go, okay, I'm just gonna kind of pick and choose my identity. No, I'm either in Christ or I'm not. And the second week, we, we, we learned about this idea that, um, we saw that culture wants you to bow down and worship it. We, culture's trying to get you to, to bow down and worship things. And we either have to say, I'm going to either worship God or I'm going to worship culture. I'm either going to bow down to God and, and listen and, and serve him, obey him, or I'm going to do whatever comes my way. Last week, we saw how we all have a choice. Andrew did a great job articulating this Daniel chapter 4 where Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar's dad, was prideful and did not wanna humble himself. And we saw pride always leads to God giving you over to your own nature. And we saw that we have these beastly tendencies, right? We give in to, to pride and we start doing whatever feels good. We kind of live our life as if we are the centerpiece and God is just an afterthought. And we see what happened in Nebuchadnezzar. He was literally given over and gone, went crazy for seven years until he turned his life over. And right now we see the writing is on the wall for Belshazzar. And Daniel's going, I got to interpret this dream. But he warned him. He's like basically saying, hey, Belshazzar, your dad tried this game. Your dad tried this. Remember your dad when he did not want to turn from his, the writing was on the wall and God sent me to warn him and he did not turn. Do you remember what happened to your dad? He went nuts for seven years. And he's basically saying the same thing, bro, is going to happen to you right now if you don't listen. You're ignoring God, Belshazzar, and you've set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. Bro, he's, he's like, this isn't good. And let me tell you something. I would argue that our culture and many people are ignoring the voice of God right now. I mean, all jokes aside, all the red flags, that's funny. But let's be honest. We're seeing what's happening in culture. And we can't look at the world and judge everyone and go, oh, point our fingers. I mean, it's easy to kind of get caught up in this side versus that side. But let's just, let's just be honest. What part of our lives do we need to take inventory and go, where am I embracing things that I should be rejecting and rejecting things of God where I should be embracing? So God will always bring warning signs because he doesn't want you to go through pain. You don't, you don't serve a God that's mean. You serve an amazing God that loves you in spite of you. He loves you because he loves you but he will bring warning signs so that you don't have to feel the pain of your own sin. And I'm telling you today, for some of you, you're sitting here and you're like kind of wiggling in your seat. Today's your day to go, you know what? Maybe, just maybe God's bringing a warning in my own life. Look what he says to Belshazzar. He's like, you took some holy things that were set apart for the living God. And watch this, instead, verse 23, instead you have set up for yourself, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven you had the goblets from his temple brought to you and you and your nobles and your wives and all your concubines drank wine from them daniel says you praise the gods lowercase g plural of silver gold bronze iron wood and stone which cannot see, hear, understand. In other words, you, you traded in the true and living God, the, the God that knows everything, the God that is all-powerful, all-knowing, the God that can actually save your soul, you traded it in for these fake little G gods that have nothing to offer. They give you short-term pleasure, but they're just simply false gods, he's saying. He goes, but, watch this, you didn't honor the God who holds in his hand your life. Honor means to give weight to something. When you honor somebody, you're saying, you're valuable to me. When, when you don't honor someone, you take them for granted. He's saying, you, didn't, you squandered what you had. You did not have a high value on God and his things. That he, these holy things, you thought, oh, they're stupid. I'm just gonna drink wine. You actually traded in the false gods you took the false gods and you traded the real God and you didn't honor him with your life and all your ways. And he goes, Belshazzar, therefore he sent the hand that wrote the inscription so that he could give you a warning. This is where we get our saying, the writing's on the wall. See, when everything's going wrong, people, like if you're in a business and it's going down, people are like, oh, the writing was on the wall. I, I, I quit, got a new job. The writing's on the wall. This relationship isn't going in the right place. We're done. The writing's on the wall basically means there's imminent danger, and watch this. Daniel says, I'm gonna interpret this for you. This is the inscription that was written. Mene, mene, tekel, parson. This is basically, didn't mean anything in this time. It was really like a, just gibberish. This is what the words mean, Daniel says. Mene means God has numbered the days of your reign, Belshazzar, and, it, and it's gonna be brought to an end. See, the Medes and the Persians, if you know history, this is about 600 B.C., they were right outside these giant walls. Babylon was modern-day Iraq. It was like a desert, and they had this huge, huge city that Nebuchadnezzar built called Babylon. About two million people lived there. And there was these giant walls, literally 330 feet high, 30 feet wide. They were this huge place in the middle of the desert, and the Medes and the Persians, the Persian army, was right outside the door. Literally, and you know what they did? Well, they found out that the Persians were outside the door. Do you know what they did? They said, hey, let's party. Let's, let's, just, let's just drink, be merry. You ever try to like escape your problems by just having, having a good time? <laughs> you wake up and they're still there. He's still there, she's still there. All the things that you try to avoid by by, and nothing wrong with having to eat, drink, be merry. I, I was at a wedding last night. It was awesome. We had to cut out before dancing. I was bummed. I was bummed, but I wanted to dance. I like to go to weddings and dance. It's fun. Any dancers in the house? You like to dance? We're starting a dance team. Up, no, I'm joking. Yeah. Backup dancer. What kind of church is this? But listen, listen. They party. They. they he's. Do you see like the, uh, he's not living wise. He's living as unwise. And he's saying the writing's on the wall. You're about to be taken out, bro. The Persians are right outside. And here's the first observation I want to take from this. The first one is this. We forget that our days are numbered. Until something big happens, right? Until someone we love gets sick. Why is this important? Anything that you think you have a lot of, you tend to squander, but anything that you know you have a limited amount of, you tend to use wisely. Like for example, we're at the store the other day, and I said, my, told my son, I said, "You have twenty dollars at home. You can use this however you want." He goes, "Dad, I want some Legos." And I said, "You have twenty dollars at home. I'll give you. You can borrow twenty dollars, and when we get home. You can you can have your twenty. I can get my twenty bucks, so you can spend twenty dollars." He goes, "What? What? I want to use your money." Because when it's my money, here's what he does. He goes up for, like, here's the Lego he goes for. He's like, all right, it's like the the giant Death Star Lego set. It's like $200. I'm like, no. I only have a limited amount of money. He doesn't understand that. But when it's his money, he's like, oh. He's, like, looking at, like, is it going to be a Pokemon? or he's all being really wise, why? Because he knows he has a limited amount, and the same goes for you and I with our time. When we think we have all the time in the world, we just use our life, we spend our life, we waste our time, actually. We waste our life, but when we realize that, man, like James says, my life is but a vapor, that I'm here today, gone tomorrow, that we're living in the dash between the year that we were born and the year that we will die. Like that dash is everything and everything that we do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, ultimately makes up our entire lives. And he's telling this king, Belshazzar, hey, your life your days are actually numbered. This is what this inscription means. And I'm here to tell you, man, there is a lot of us that imagine for a moment, you, you knew, you went to the doctor and you knew you only had six months left to live. There'd be things that you would stop doing today and start doing immediately, wouldn't there? You'd stop paying off that student loan for sure. <laughs> Just joking. Yeah, Debt. You'd probably go into a lot of debt. I was thinking about that too. I was like, what would I do? And I thought about all the fun things. I would probably go on a trip and take my whole family. I take my whole crew. I'm like, discover Guard, Woo. Um, I just go into debt. But, but listen, but, but then I started thinking about like, what would I actually, what, who are the people I would call? Who are the people I would visit? How would I actually spend my time if I knew that I only had 30 or, you know, six months left to live? What would I do differently today? What would you do differently How would you treat people? How would you look at your life? How would you actually talk to people? How would you, would you be fast and in a rush all the time or would you slow down a little bit to smell the roses? Would you be a little bit more understanding of the fact that, man, maybe we're all just kind of here for just a few minutes in in the scope of eternity. Would you prioritize things differently? I think you would. I think you would live a more connected life. I think you would see more relationships as more important than anything else in the world. And I think we would actually be more loving and more understanding because here's what Daniel five twenty seven says. He's telling Belshazzar, your days, they're numbered. And he says, tekel, you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. In other words, we allow our lives to get out of balance. We allow our lives to get out of balance. He's saying, Belshazzar, your life is not adding up. And for us, we have to ask ourselves, are we actually doing the things that we value? Are we, letting it, are we just letting urgent things in, get in the way of the important things? Let me ask you this. Do you have a set of values written down? Do you have a, a code that you live by? Have you put the important things in first? Or do you just, are we just letting life kind of, are we out of balance? I know that there's some areas in my life where I need to get in balance. I constantly have to redirect and go, how am I doing in this area? Once a week, I sit down with Stacy and we have, we'll have a meeting and we talk about our marriage and it's hard because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I don't need quality time. I just need words of affirmation and physical touch, okay? Um, as most guys, uh, just tell me I'm awesome and, and just, rub, just rub my back, okay? Stacy needs quality time and acts of service. So she wants me to do stuff around the house and sit with her on the couch and tell her about my whole day. We'll go to like a staff meeting and she'll, I'll, I'll come home and, and she'll ask me, tell me about staff meeting, tell me about your day. And I'm like, oh, it was really good. And she's like, no, tell me about your day. And she, what she means is she wants me to kind of like go through each segment and it's awesome. And I, Stacy, I love you. If you're watching, she'll be here second service. But let me tell you something, sometimes that part of my life, because I don't need a lot of quality, it'll get out of balance, and I'll neglect the things that I actually care about the most. Anyone with me? My kids will get the leftovers sometimes, and I'm like, well, my hobbies and my friends. No, no, I got like, I have to make sure that I'm putting the things in, and here's the best way to do it. Take inventory. Just ask yourself, how am I doing? One to 10 in these areas? Am I doing okay? Am I out of balance? Am I actually creating margin or am I just busy all the time? Here's, a, here's something. If you ever wondered how you spend your time, here's how the average American spends their time. Number one, the average American in their lifetime will eat out 14,411 times, including over 1,800 trips to McDonald's. I know you guys are like, eh, McDonald's. Someone's eating the hamburgers, okay? <laughs> and those french fries, I don't know what they put in them, but they're delicious. Addicting. You'll spend the average of 13 years waiting in lines. No one likes to wait in line. And if someone cuts in line, that's like the ultimate. We all should just agree. Shun this man. You know, we just want to point. We'll spend about a year looking for misplaced items. Three years if you're me. Stacey's like, just put your keys in the same place. I'm like. That sounds great in theory. (laughs) I like to live, to be free. We'll attend about 35 weddings. I think I've attended 35 weddings last year. I think I did that. And we'll drive about 627,000 miles. That's 25 times around the world. But here's the deal. If we don't stop our constant push for more, 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 adding one more thing. Add, add, parents, if you have kids, it's like they shouldn't be playing four sports at once. Just pick one, dude. Amen. We were. <laughs> 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 me, and, me and Andrew, our, our girls do cheerleading together. And they were at the Clam Festival yesterday. And the lady, the gal that does the, it was a, short, it was a very short parade. We did a parade. And Andrew's like, I don't think I've ever said, you know, that parade was too short. He's like, I like a good short parade. He so said, me too. What am I saying? We, we, we Don't get too busy trying to get it all in. Maybe just put the most important things in first and let the other things that are not important, let those fall to the wayside. Here's what Daniel 5.28 says. It says, he says, Paris, he goes, your kingdom is divided, Belshazzar, and given to the Medes and the Persians. You just heard what I said. The Persians actually took over. King Darius, next chapter, takes over. Here's what we do. We ignore the warning signs. You ever have a friend tell you, hey, man, I really, really, dude, you know, I love you. And you ever have a friend give you hard feedback and you don't want to hear it, but you know it's true. And you can tell the anguish. They're like, dude, I, I wanted, I, I, and sometimes people give you feedback just because that's just, they like to tell you what to do. Like, be careful who you listen to feedback. Like sometimes you just need to go, huh, thank you. But sometimes when it's, the, <laughs> thank you. That's, if I ever do that to you, it's me, me going, Interesting. Something to think about. But here's what we do. We ignore the warning signs sometimes. And people, sometimes the people that know us the best, they don't always say it with like the most tact, but you know they're right. And that's how God works sometimes. He, he, here's how warning signs work. It's not any new information. You already know it. You already know it. My pastor used to say, stop trying to do a bunch of new things, Adam, and just go back to the one thing that God already told you to do back there. Because I like to do new things. He's like, stop trying to go after and start all these new things. Just go back to that thing and be obedient to that thing and watch how God will bless you if you keep being obedient to the things that you know you should do and stop trying to go and don't, basically, he's given me a warning sign that I need to go back and be faithful to this thing. I was reading Revelations 2 this morning in my devotion. Literally, I was like, I'm just where are we at this morning? Looked at my app. Okay, Cool. What does he say to the church at Ephesus? Go back to your first love, Ephesus. I have one thing against you. You're awesome, but you forgot to do the, the main thing first. Return to your first love. Go back to, and if you do that, he says, then I'm not gonna pull your influence from you. I'm actually gonna make you more influential. So let me ask you a question. What's the warning sign in your life that God's saying, I need you to take heed of this because maybe your warning sign right now is you're, you're getting angry all the time. You're yelling at cars. Or you don't yell, you just white knuckle it. Maybe you're feeling sad or depressed. Uh, maybe your marriage is, is having some issues and you're like, ah, she's just always and he's always. And, and you start using like, kind of like dismissive language with people that you know you should be listening to. Maybe you start feeling uh, divided in your own life. Maybe you start feeling like your life is just kind of compartmentalized. And you're trying to deal with these little buckets individually, but God's like, no, no, no. I called you to be integrated, to be a person of integrity, that all of life is connected. As Andrew said that we don't, last week he said that that these decisions we make are all interconnected, that life is not one scene after another. It's actually all one big story, and it's all connected. Maybe we need to begin to slow down. Because here's some symptoms if we don't. Here's some symptoms of ignoring warning signs. Here's what one thing. You'll you have the risk of the risk of sinful choices or the the, the, the ability to, to make a sinful choice will increase. You start getting tempted more for that one sin, whatever your thing is. Everyone's got their thing, okay? Look to your neighbor and say, You got your thing. Look to your neighbor that you ignored and just, just kind of look at them. Just don't don't even say anything. Just glance. Cut eyes. Here's what I I notice. When I'm busy, I'm not present. I'm usually fumbling with my phone a lot. And when I'm not present, that's a warning sign for me. Because when my wife has to say, hello, hey, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. So what happens is we'll begin to to start the temptation for us, for me, is just to get real busy and get quiet when I need to be present. Or here's another one. Maybe your emotions are inconsistent. Maybe something in your body is going, hey, stop being, stop stop. feeling that angry. Stop feeling so sad about yourself. You feel like you're defeated all the time. Or maybe you're less productive. You're less productive. You're, you're, you're not honoring the Sabbath. You're not actually resting. You're just, you're just working all the time. And you're never away from your email more than a couple of minutes. And that email, guess what? It'll keep coming. It's like a faucet that will never turns off. Do you know who has to turn it off? You do. We do. And God's saying, hey, if you live at that address long enough, you're gonna feel the pain of ignoring the red flag that I'm trying to give you. So your, your anger is just a warning sign. It's like the it's a, it's a dash on your car, the light going ding dong, ding dong. You're gonna go and you're gonna end up in the, in the shop. Go see a therapist before you, have to, before you actually need a therapist, Right? Go see someone and talk about what you're going through before you're like, man, I wrecked my life. I ruined my life. Or here, here's one for, for Christians. I can't hear God anymore. That's a symptom of being a, a warning sign that God's saying something's not right. I always tell people, what, do you, what were you doing? What were the things that you were doing when you heard God the most? Well, I was, man, I was going to church. I was in a Bible study. I was serving I would wake up and read my Bible. I would pray consistently. I had some accountability in my life. Well, then just go do that. Well, I don't feel like it. I don't care. Who cares? Feelings are so lame. We always, I don't feel like it. Like, well, guess what discipline is for? It's to do the things that you know you don't wanna do when you don't feel, like, that you wanna do when you don't feel like it. So some, I think some of us need to reorg our life. Those are symptoms. Here's another one. So we can't hear God, so here's what we need to do. I'm gonna encourage you. This week, challenge. 15 minutes with God in the morning, first thing. God's really, you know God really cares about firsts in the Bible, the principle of the first? First fruit, the first way you spend your time, the first, how you, the first day of the week. There's an important message here. For some of us, we need to just take 15 minutes each day, spend five minutes in prayer, listen to a worship song. Spend five minutes, uh, you know, praying, reading the Bible, and then spend five minutes just jotting a few thoughts down. God, and I journal differently. I have two journals. I journal one where I just write all my my fears, my woes. I just write, and I have another journal that I write, actually write soap Bible. I have a soap scripture that I follow, and I actually I have a I'll show you on the on the t, on the screens here. We have on our website, you can go to uh, our website, there it is, in October, you can go on our website, click soap, Bible Studies, myactivechurch.org, and if you just need a, a, something to follow, you spend, I'm telling you, you could be in the Bible for five, 10 minutes, and you could walk away with four or five nuggets of, man, I needed to hear that today, and you'll watch as God will consistently meet you. Sometimes I, am not gonna lie, I'll meet with, I don't always get everything. I'm not like, oh man, that was awesome. But every single meal is important. Not every single meal is, is memorable when you eat food. In the same way, every single time I get in the Word, it's important. It's not always memorable. Some of us need to just quiet our souls every single day and get in the Word. Turn off all the other voices. Have you ever been in like a busy football game or baseball game? Like I went to the World Series back in the day in 2001. It was crazy. <sighs> 40,000, couldn't hear your neighbor. What? This is awesome, I know. You can't hear a word, but you wanna know what you you can do? If you were in the same stadium and your buddy was across the field on the other side, hey, what's up? You can hear everything, why? Because you've tuned out all the other voices and then just one other voice that you're listening to. Watch this, some of you need to tune out and turn off the voices and tune into God's voice every single day, and it will bring peace to your soul. Watch. Problems will still be there. Last time, I mean, I love, Jesus says that you'll have life and life to the fullest, but he also says, like, you gotta pick up your cross and bear it. Like, you gotta daily come after me. Surrender your life to me, daily. Die to yourself, daily. Pick up your cross, daily, and walk after me. So it's all good, and it's all bad sometimes, but God, let me tell you something. God is never bad situations can be bad. But I'm telling you, every day you walk with God and you give him your life. You give him that first 15, 20 minutes and watch what God does. Here's a turning point. Back to Belshazzar and then we'll close up and we'll go have some brunch. Sound good? You still with me? Cool. Then at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was clothed in purple a gold chain was placed around his neck, and he was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Babylonians, was slain, and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. He died. Ban can come up. We're going to close this out. Aren't you glad you came to church? He died. Let's pray. What can we learn from this prophetic book? Because there was warning signs, there was red flags, there was things going on and Daniel was saying, hey, if you don't, the writing's on the wall. By the way, that's where we get the writing on the wall from. That's where we get that colloquialism slash the Bible, quote dash Bible. But listen, I'll give you three things and then we'll, go, we'll get out of here. Number one, we can learn this. We can live with a sense of purpose and urgency. That's what we need to do today. How do I live, how do I live in such a way where the warning signs are not just red flags, but they're things that I actually pay attention to with my life and I actually lean into those warning signs. What do I do? I live with a sense of purpose and urgency. How do I do this? Glad you asked. Check out what Psalm says, Psalms uh, 4 through five. He says, Psalm says, Lord, I gonna say Lord. Lord. Remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are, are numbered. Remind me that my life is fleeing away. My life is no longer than a width of my hand. In other words, I have a beginning date and an end date. Some of us are going, man, my life, maybe you're young, you're like, dude, this is awesome. I'm, like, I'm, I'm here, I'm, life seems like it's just gonna go on forever. It goes fast. I've heard someone say, if each decade, if she, so you get about seven decades, right? Average person lives about 72 let's just say you get, you're really healthy and you get, let's say you get nine, okay? To so keep us all feeling good, you get nine. Well, by the time you're 40, you've already lived four of those. So you got five left. If you're 50, you got four left. So your you're, you're decades, if you think about your time on earth, he's saying, man, my, my life is just the width of my hand. It's not that much. I have to think, if I wanna live with purpose and, and, and intentionality and live for Jesus and make an impact in people's lives, I gotta wake up, first of all, I gotta know what my purpose is. That's why we do the growth track. We wanna help you find your purpose, discover your purpose and help you make a difference. It's the first three Sundays of every single month. This coming Sunday, or uh, the first Sunday of November, we're gonna start growth track, step one, all over. It's the way, it's, it's, we don't do it for us, we do it for you so that you can get connected to God, you can get connected to a local church, understand what we're all about, and get connected to your purpose so you can live with a sense of urgency today. Every day we gotta wake up and go, man, God, like, I don't have much time on this earth. And how I live today will ultimately, ultimately be the legacy every, that I leave. Everybody leaves a legacy. You get to choose if it's a good one or a bad one. So the question is, are, how are you living? Because the Bible says my life is no longer the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you, God. Human existence is but a breath. This doesn't have to be a, a downer verse. You know what this could be? A reminder that God has given you today. That there's people today that He's put in your path. That you don't have to, you, you don't have to wait for tomorrow to be to be used by God. Man, God can use you today. So live with purpose. Live with urgency. I want, I want God to do, I want to be a church that does that. Number two, put God first. Put God first. I've uh, there's a big idea here. I could spend a lot of time on. It's order determines capacity. What you put in determines what you put in first will determine the capacity of what you what your life will be. If you're putting in all the if you're just distracted and putting in all the wrong like when you clean out a garage right, what do you do? You pull everything out. I got to do this in my garage. You pull everything out, and what do you do? You go okay, that's junk keep it, throw it away, sell it. Most of it's like you just end up putting back, right? Just organized. But you take all the big stuff out and you sweep up all the stuff and you try to clean the cobwebs and you get it all out and you are okay, good. And then you, what do you do? Do you put the, like, the hand tools in first and just line them up? On, no, <laughs> you don't put the screwdriver in first. You take the, the big screwdriver, the, the, the tool case and you wheel it in and you go, okay, my craftsman thing's gonna go right there. I'm going to put the bikes over here. You put the big things in first because order determines capacity. If you get the first things right, then you can add more things. And I'm just, I'm here to say this morning, God wants us to, like Belshazzar was, he was out of order. His life was found to be without balance. I just wonder this morning, are you putting God first in your day, in your week, in your finances? Are you putting God first in your calendar? Are you putting God first when you pray, are you putting the big things in life in first? And I think if you do that, and I think God will be glorified. And I think you'll see that there'll be a lot less stress and red flags when you prioritize the things of God in your life. Matthew 6, 33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be given to you as well. And number three, the last point today, is do it right now. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's just making God a priority again. Maybe you've drifted from him a little bit. Maybe you're, you feel distant from him. Maybe you feel like he doesn't love you. Maybe you feel like you don't deserve his love. That's all a lie. I'm here, God told me (laughs) in 2000, actually November 4th, 2004, I gave my life to Jesus. And I tell people all the time, Like they ask me, why do you serve Jesus? You know, because he saved my life. <laughs> I wouldn't be here. I would not be here where I'm at right now if it wasn't for God's grace and his love. I've never, I've never regretted giving my life to Jesus. And can I be honest with you? It's a daily, it's a daily thing that we have to do. And if you're here because maybe someone brought you here, uh, your parents were Christian, God does not have grandkids. He's got children. You can't go off your parents' faith. You gotta go off your faith. You gotta make it real. You gotta do business with God and do it today. Don't wait another day. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says, I tell you now is the time of God's favor. And now is the day of salvation. God already, already knew you'd be here. You already knew that you'd be sitting in the seat. Maybe for some of you, it's to, to rededicate your life to Christ. Maybe for some of you, it's reorganizing some things in your schedule and going, God, I got to put first things first. But maybe for some of you, it's it's just, uh, it's a bigger decision. It's surrendering your life to Jesus. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes right now? Please, don't, not not too many move, moving around. I know this is important right now. And people to here today are, if you're here today and God's speaking to you, just receive it in Jesus' name. God, right now, we just pray for for our church. We pray that we would be people that would look at the red flags, the warning signs, and go, you know what? I'm not going to wait another moment. I'm going to ask right now, God, would you just show me the red flags, the warnings, the writing on the wall in my life? For some of us, today is that day, the day of salvation. For others, it's rededicating our lives. There's no one looking around, no one moving in this place right now. Just God, speak to us right now. Show us. What do I need to give up? What do I need to lay down? What part of my life, Lord, is out of balance? Is there a relationship that needs tending? Is there a relationship that needs to go? Show me, Jesus.